Welcome to the party, bang bang, everybody. It is Claytron, the big boss man, you know, the PhD of podcasting, the clumsy jeweler, the milkman, you know. Uh, it's just me coming back with fucking straight bangers. Um, it was the Met Gala yesterday. Uh, and you know, it was, it was, uh, what was it? Catholic fit themed or something like that. Everybody's wearing shit, looking like the Pope, looking like priests, looking like all this. Um, so I don't even know what the Met Gala is. It's like some fashion shit. I don't know. And everybody's just there trying to look as good as they can, trying to make some statements and all this. But here's, here's what happened. Um, your man, well, my man, um, friend of the show, future friend of the show, Elon Musk, he's been talked about quite a bit for his innovation, his, his ways of changing the world. He came through, uh, wearing like a, like a tuxedo type thing, black pants, white jacket, and then like one of them priest shirts with that collar. You know what I mean? With a new lady friend he was dating right a while ago johnny depp's ex amber heard right the one that johnny depp allegedly smacked up we uh we did talk about that on one of the early early episodes of um welcome to the party uh me and international heme who by the way will be back on the next episode that's not a promise um but yeah, man, um, this dude went from Amber Heard's bad, bad ass to, to this Canadian, like gothic, strange, I've, I've never heard of her. I just seen the picture of these two together. Her name is Grimes. She's a Canadian musician and, um, I don't want to get too, uh, savage, but, uh, uh, you might say she looks like shit. Okay. Um, but she's what I did like about what she was wearing. She was wearing like a choker, which I guess that's stuff that's coming back into fashion over the last like couple years that shit's coming back in. I don't really like it, but you know, she wore that shit, but it's a Tesla choker. It had the Tesla logo on it. I thought that shit was dope. Cause I fucks with my man. Uh, Elon Musk, no Bruno. Um, but yeah, she looked like shit. And then Amber Heard was there as well. And she looked good. She looked fucking good. Rihanna looked good, of course. Um, she looked like a female sexy black priest. Um, oh my God. Uh, I've never felt so religious. Um, looking at Rihanna. My goodness gracious. Um... Oh man, what else? What else happened? I saw I saw an article said archaeologists found like a mass child sacrifice in Peru. Um, actually, actually, I can't even believe I was just about to go. Go ahead and um play that poor posture music. Poor posture week. A mass child sacrifice, they believe. 
they said it was like a, uh, a pre-Columbian burial site known as Las Llamas. I love llamas. Um, and they found the skeletons of 140 uh, children who was between the ages of 5 and 14 when they were ritually sacrificed during a ceremony about 550 years ago. Uh, hey, Peru. What the fuck's wrong with you? What the fuck's wrong with you? You know what's sick is Peruvians are probably looking at like Trump like, oh, look at this sicko. Um, 140 kids for a mass sacrifice. You know religion ain't shit. Oh, 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 we've gone from the Met Gala religion to archaeologists, child sacrifice, religion, ritual sacrifice. This is what we do here at the Welcome to the Potty Podcast. We make perfect transitions, even if it's seemingly by accident and there's been a poor posture of the week theme song in between. And what? Have I just done poor posture of the week at the top of the show? I think I have. This is fucking crazy. And while we're on this poor posture, man, and these hipster fucks, they're still out there. They're out there, they're not only in Australia, they're not only in the coffee shops. Man, this shit, this shit was in, um, where was it? I think it was in Japan. Had this shit sent to me. Israel, it was in Israel. Um, the Japanese prime minister and his wife went and like was chilling at this um dude benjamin netanyahu who is the israeli leader um they went and they was chilling at his place you know chopping it up talking about um you know technology uh and and uh judaism probably uh that was racist um and you know benjamin netanyahu uh, Netanyahu.com um, was like, hey, um, what's up, motherfuckers? You guys want some dessert? These cats was like, hey. And um, they had a chef bring out this fucking dessert, man, served in a shiny leather shoe. Uh, you hipster motherfuckers. This will not do. Um, this will not do. Shoes are not meant to be on the table in any culture, especially the Japanese. Do you, hey, know your fucking audience. Serve your fucking shoe food up to your hipster, your hipster fucking friends. Uh, that, that is poor posture. That is poor posture, bro. Bend over, touch your toes. No, Bruno, you look all bent out of shape. Um, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's, um, a welcome to the party first poor posture of the week to open the show. So, um, we're making history here. We're making history here. Um, you know, you know how we do, you know how we does it. Um, so, uh, what I'm going to do now is let you cats know that we've got a guest 
uh, on the show that I know personally this week. Um, I went to college with him. Uh, this man holds all types of records um, in the the Bryant football world, Bryant University football. Man, he was he he's like a legendary running back. Um, so. Sports fans um, know what that is. If you're not a sports fan, running back is a uh, an offensive position in uh, American football. Uh, he was a star player, man, and he broke all the records. He was so exciting to watch, man. I was always out there. Our whole basketball team was always out there. They were always at our games. Mutual love. That's what I always talk about um, when I reminisce on the Bryant days, man. I, I loved how everybody got around everybody. Uh, shout out to Jackie Moon. Everybody love everybody, man. And uh, yeah, we talk a bit about that in this episode. Um, and his his career in uh, the Arena Football League. Um, man, it was great to have him on the show and um, great, great to catch up. I don't think I've talked to him uh, in a couple of years, man. So it was, it was dope to have this conversation. And uh, yeah, man, um, let me introduce... Jordan Brown, Jordan, J.B. Brown. Hey, bro, how you going? Hey, man, what's going on? Man, just uh, getting ready for work and sorting this podcast out. Thanks, man. What's um, what's new with you? Oh, just uh, down here in Dallas, doing what I gotta do. Just got back from a road trip, actually, in oh. Mexico. So you guys are still playing? Yeah. So my season is uh, the complete opposite of the NFL season, which would be from February to uh, mid June. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So you, how many um? How many games do you guys play? Uh, we play about 13. Okay, so like same as uh, NFL? Uh, yeah. NFL plays about 16, so we play a little less, but still um, still a nice solid season. And um, and how, how are you guys going? We're doing fine. A um, little bit of a rush start. Uh, it's a... Uh, one of those things, last year we won the championship, and this year we tried to bring back as many people as possible. Um, the head coach from last year actually left to take another job. Yeah. Um, with him leaving, brought in another coach. The other coach comes in. He was the office of coordinator last year. He is a little bit of a he is a little little bit of a different coach, a little bit more laid back. Um, he allowed a lot of things to kind of just go by the wayside a little bit. Okay. Which caused us to develop a very complacent, whatever type attitude. Yeah. Which you cannot have in any sport. Um, we are currently sitting at zero and five. It sucks to say, but and that's tough. At the same time, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, it's a nice learning lesson, but I definitely think, crazy enough, I definitely think 
we can get out of it. Yeah. Um, and who knows what can happen? You never know. I mean, our season, I mean, the teams we play, the teams that are in our league aren't as, there's not as many. So our chances of making the playoffs is still there. We okay. Just gotta, we got to get on the run. Yeah. And what's the, what's the league code? What's the what? What's the league code that you play in? Um, it's called the CIF, Champions Indoor Football League. Okay. And is there is there adjusted rules in that? Yes. Yeah, so compared to regular football, arena football is played on a 50-yard field, 25-yard, 25-and-a-half-yard width um, compared to the 53 yards and a 53-and-a-third-yard width and 100-yard length. Yeah. Um, and on a regular field, um, there are only eight guys allowed on the field uh, compared to the eleven on regular football. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, receivers, you're allowed to have two receivers in motion um, before the snap to come down. It's called high motion, uh, where they where the quarterback will signal uh, them to go, and then they they honestly have to time up the snap um that way when the the ball is snapped they're not crossing the line as before the ball is snapped okay uh, of course that is called of course that's called offsides but um not many people know that um and it's actually an advantage to the offense this is a offensive built game uh, compared to regular football where if you do the the right scheme um on defense you could pretty much shut down an offense uh with arena, there's going to be points scored no matter what, just off the strength of what, how the game is set up. Okay, so is it? What do the scores look like then at the end of the game? Is it? Is it way? The scores? Yeah. I mean, scores are the scores are basketball scores. I mean. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, we got beat yesterday, uh, sixty six to forty five. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've we scored as high as eighty nine points before. We beat a team eighty nine to thirty one last year. I mean. It, it can get pretty high. So does that change the dynamics of like um, the individual awards at the end of a season with like um, having like high, high point scorers and, and stuff like that instead of like, um, you know, you might lead the NFL in touchdowns or something, but um, do they, yeah, do they talk more about how many points you've scored in a season as opposed to touchdowns? Yeah, um, it's a it is a situation where um, we we've had like actually you know of course um, last year our receiver had twenty I think like twenty five touchdown catches um, usually on regular football it's more so like fourteen fifteen and that's high. Um, Quarterbacks are throwing for six, seven touchdowns a game. Yeah. Um, players of the week, I mean, getting six, seven touchdowns a game. Uh, our quarterback a couple of years ago, he was the player, of the player of the year, and he was scoring at least there was at least four or five back-to-back games where he had seven touchdowns. Wow. Passes. So, um, but that's arena. I mean, it's this that situ- those situations. Um, yeah. Uh, but the, I, but it definitely does affect the end of the year uh, accolades um, but it also depends on how your team is doing um, yeah. at the same time 
do you do you prefer one um, brand of the game over the other? Like being I mean, a, I'm a, you're an offensive player, so does that mean that you prefer arena or? Actually, depending. Funny enough, I actually prefer the regular football because arena is built for more quarterbacks and wide receivers. Okay. The game is not built for running backs um, to be what a running a true running back is. Now, don't get me wrong; you can still eat in this league. I do very well. My counterpart Darius Fudge, he does very well, um, but we both understand that we will never get the full use of us and our full capabilities just off the, the strength of what the game is set up as. Okay. Um, so is it, is, is it similar to like, um, the like NBA G league? Like, are you affiliated with the Dallas Cowboys at all? So we are not affiliated with them. Um, we would like to be, we're working on it. We've had a couple workouts with them, um, on an independent level. Uh, with some players that have excelled. Uh, but for the most part, um, it is not a – we are not associated with them. Um, now, there are times where we are more associated with the CFL. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, almost got signed to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders um, a couple years back. Uh, I had a, a couple pretty good workouts, um, and that's still a possibility for sure. Um, but we as a team and our front office, they're working on trying to mend that relationship. Okay. Do you feel any type of, um, decrease in fitness playing on a, on a smaller field or like, do you, do you still keep up that same level of fitness as you, as you had playing on, on the hundred yard field in college? Um, I think my fitness level has increased on my quickness. Uh, my decision making on the mental level, I gotta make decisions faster mm-hmm. um, because the game and the windows and just a lot of things close very quickly when it's a small field. Um, you do have to be a lot more in shape. It's almost like playing basketball. Yeah, uh, course, just the, how the momentum and how uh, how fast paced the game is. So you do have to be a lot more in shape than playing on a hundred yard field. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's. That pretty much sums it up. Does that because it's uh, more fast paced? Is there more interceptions? Uh, yes, you do see a lot of turnovers, um, change of possession, uh, field. Like here's one difference: when when you a field goal and a punt are combined in in arena football. So, for example, uh, if we if my team, the Texas Revolution, are going for a field goal. Uh, and it's probably probably like a 40, 50 yard field goal. Um, the kicker, I mean, the, the return team can have somebody back. Now they can do this in regular football as well, which you see a lot more often in arena. And if the kick doesn't, if it stays in play, but it doesn't make it through the uprights, that particular team can return it for a touchdown. Okay. Uh, so that's one difference. Um, there's only three linemen on the field at a time right. on both sides of the both sides of the ball so that shrinks down an extra gap extra two gaps actually for uh, play schemes different plays different types of plays um, me as a running back I gotta make a decision a lot quicker because I can't bounce to a, to another hole I gotta stay within the confines of where the linemen are 
or I'm going to get killed. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. Is it how's it the ticket sales go? Do you play in front of like full house? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I've been playing with this team for this is my fifth season. Um, the ticket and the appearance, uh, I mean, the, the fan experience and the fan appearances has just the overall just attendance to the games has increased. Uh, we used to play in Allen, Texas, which which was about, which is next to one of the most known high schools in the United States. But we we needed to get towards a newer developing area, yeah. and we just moved to Frisco, Texas, which is where the Dallas Cowboys just recently put up their uh, practice facility. Uh, okay. So we're a lot closer. Um, Dak Prescott, the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. He, uh, he attended our first game. Um, so there are opportunities. And with that, there are there have been a, a lot more. I do see a lot more faces in the stands. Yep. Uh, the arena is a lot better, uh, I personally feel. It's a lot nicer, a lot more updated. Um, and it's a situation where people, and it's essentially located. It's next to a mall. Um, we actually practice, well, we actually play where the Dallas Stars, the NHL hockey team, um, where they practice at. So everybody knows where we play at. So all you have to do is really show up. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Do you, um, is it, is it a full-time gig or are you working as, on the side as well? Yeah. So, um, we always joke as a team, um, if you, if you're looking to have this particular football experience, pay your bills and have you, and be your, how you. Your, your means of income, we got to have a talk. And we always laugh about it, but um, it's the truth. I mean, I'm pretty much doing this as a as me getting extra film, and I just love the game to yep. the point that yep. I don't want to give it up. Um, I do have another job on the side. Uh, on the side, I mean, it is my main, uh, my main job. Uh, I'm an accountant executive at Blue Star Sports, selling sports analytical software. Okay. Uh, but on the side, one if you technically say on the side, and I say that with, with quotations, uh, I play arena football as well. Yeah, and so you're looking to use that as a stepping stone into the the CFL and ultimately NFL. Yeah. Um, yes, sir. Do you, is there anybody else from from Bryant playing in the um, arena football league? Um. So, unfortunately, not. Um, Chad Ward, he uh, he came in my sophomore year. He is currently playing out in California for a, for a team, um, but they play outdoors. Uh, I don't know much about him, but I know he's been working. He's I've been I follow him on Instagram. He, he's always putting up videos of how he is uh, getting better. I'm I'm really excited for him. Um, Stefan uh, Whitehead, he used to play for this Lee Valley Lee Valley Steelhawks. I think they're out in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I believe, or Pennsylvania, um, somewhere in Pennsylvania. Yeah, uh, used to play for them for a couple of years, but now he is transitioning into the personal trainer uh, role. Okay, he's doing a really good job. Uh, but other than that, uh, Jordan Harris, he's the only one that really got a kind of got a shot uh, out of coming out of Bryant um, with the league, but he ended up having some uh, some injuries that set him back, and I don't think he is one of those things where, and I feel him. 1,000%, once you reach the, the mountaintop and been there, 
anything below it is just isn't enough. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I one thousand percent agree with him on that. Yeah, I see. I see that. Um, and that's that's the thing. Sometimes you just got to weigh weigh it up because if if your body's uh, a little bit broken. Um, do you want to, to risk that to play at a lower level than what you had your eyes set on? It's a bit um, catch-22 type of thing. Yeah. Um, I I know a lot of people probably look at me like, and they're like, man, you, you're risking your body for all this, for this little chump change that you're getting. But, I mean, the guys that play in the league, they risk their bodies every day for, and that's why they get paid for what they do. And I think football players, don't get enough credit for what they do. Um, and I think a lot of people look at when a, a football player that's holding out, for example, a la Odell Beckham, who is an, an exceptional talent, um, but wants his money. I mean, he sees his career. He had an injury he had injury play season last year. Yeah. And he understands that, listen, I got to get paid when I'm in my prime and I feel like I got it because as soon as this, all these abilities start going away, they start slowing down, I'm not going to get that big payday. Yeah. And I'm out there risking my body with grown men trying to take my head off and I'm out here doing what I got to do to get away from them. I got to be paid the way I, uh, I feel like I should be paid. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't have that bargaining power right now, but that's soon to come. Um, I still speak it to the to existence because I know God has bigger plans for me, um, and that's not just football; it's just life in general. Yeah. But speaking on a football standpoint, um, yeah, I mean, it sucks. I mean, I wish I could get paid more, but unfortunately, that's just not within the cards right now. But I can't look at it that way. I got to look at it as a positive opportunity to continue playing the game, and then you never know who's watching and. This is my, this is, I got to treat it like this is my NFL. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's all you can do. Um, when you're, when you're taking that, um, that opportunity to, to step up and, and hopefully move forward. Do you, did you ever have, um, NFL workouts coming out of college? Yeah, man. Um, unfortunately, uh, well, no, fortunately I did. Um, and lucky enough you were, you attended um, Brad University just around the time that I did so you got to see a little bit of what I did um, as a player Yeah, but um, I did have a good amount of workouts unfortunately um, it just wasn't in the cards I don't know why I was talking to my teammates about this yesterday um, or two days ago and if I had to, if I got one question to ask God and I know they say they never question them but if I got one question just to get an explanation on why I would ask him why didn't I get a shot um, compared to what I since what I did in college really really stands for something, um, but unfortunately it just it just wasn't in the cards. But I got an opportunity to come down to Dallas, Texas. I met some really really good people. I've been playing for a, a very good franchise. Um, we've been through our ups and downs uh, as an organization, as a relationship between player, organization, and coach. But it's definitely showed me a lot of the the back ends of what professional football is about. And hey, you never know, my shot could come. I could be a late bloomer, and, and I'm already prepared for a lot of the nonsense and um, stuff I can't control, and how to react towards it. 
Yeah. I mean, and speaking of late bloomers, you just see um, Andre Ingram for the Lakers this weekend? Yeah, man. He uh, he definitely sees his moment. Carpe diem. Real. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I mean, like it, it can, it can always happen. You just never know when, and that's, that's the hard thing that he, he did. He, he did the uh, D League, G League for for ten or 11, 11 years, and just waited and waited and waited, and he got his chance, and he, he took full advantage of it. Yes, yes, he did. And that's yeah. I mean, that's the hard part. That grind, that wait. Yeah, I, I think. Um... I think with all of what people understand in life, I mean, nothing comes easy. I mean, if every, if it was easy, everything everybody could do it. Exactly. That man, man, he wasn't drafted. He stuck to the plan. He kept coming up, showing up every day. He probably saw different people on his squad get picked up that he probably felt he was better than. Um, and of course, as you get older, that window gets closer gets smaller and smaller and then all of a sudden he he kept doing what he needed to do and was determined to to let people know that listen man like yeah i may be this age or i may be this experience but i can still play some ball and i'm glad the lakers gave him a shot and he came out there he, he took his moment he seized it and he took advantage of it now i hope he he scores at least an invite back to camp with the lakers not the d league not the g league team but the actual Lakers. He's and, got to, man. Like, how, how's it going to be your first NBA game and you're going to top score uh, around guys that are that are signed Lakers? And yeah. if you don't get a, if you don't get an invite back, that's you know that's that's just politics, man. Yeah, man. That's just what it is. But unfortunately, I mean, there's some there's some people that get get shots and you're like, damn, how how did that happen? And then. There are people that uh, that work their behinds off that never get one. You're just like, how? How does he not get blessed with one? Yeah. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is a lot of politics in sports, and a lot like the casual fan doesn't get to see a lot of that, and um, they don't they don't see the guys that are that are working their asses off that have have that God-given talent as well, but just don't get a, a shot because, you know, somebody somebody has a, a bigger agent or, you know, somebody somebody has family with a team or something like that. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. It's just, it is, but unfortunately, I mean, that's just, that's just life. So, um, but yeah, man. Um, Do all your um, records that you was breaking in college still exist? Do you know? So, uh, it's funny you guys. I check it from time to time. Um, records are meant to be broken. Um, but they are, <laughs> in my eyes, I do feel like they should last a little bit. Yeah. Um, or it wasn't really a record. Um, I, I am safe. <laughs> a good amount of them. Um, and it's funny you ask. Uh, since we've gotten our new coach... Uh, he's kind of changed the offense a little bit, uh, so it kind of tailors to more of the receivers. So Jordan Harris is more in danger than I am. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, but that's needless. That's not to say that a, another stud running back to come through Brown University, who who that's always happened, comes through and then Coach Perry re- uh, recognizes what talent he he has in his stable. 
and he lets the man loose, and he goes and breaks him. I mean, I wish whoever is chasing all the bets, current running backs and future running backs going to Bryant University or being currently being recruited, uh, I wish them the best of luck if they do choose to go to Bryant. Um, you're playing for a great organization, a great college organization, um, a great coach, um, and a great just institution, period. And they have um, some updated facilities now. Yeah, man, Ugh, dog. I wish, I wish uh, those facilities were built when we were in college. Man, yeah. tell me about it. I was, um, I went back for homecoming, and I, I felt like I was in a different place. I felt like a stranger being around there. Yeah, man. Yeah, I did too. This past, uh, this past year, and it, um, it definitely awoke my eyes. But that's what you want to see. You want to see a school growing. Yeah. I kind of was a little disappointed if everything was the same. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I am happy that we are, uh, we're growing. We're doing what we need to do to become that much bigger of a campus and that much bigger, uh, and that much more attractive to not only regular students, but recruits. I mean, the way you get athletes is having better majors and more, well, not better, but more of a variety of yeah. majors um, and different programs and different and facilities like the indoor, uh, the indoor facility. And now we're getting the main grass field is going to be turf with lights. Um, you got new student centers getting built. Um, we got a new Tupper. I mean, there's a lot of excitement going around uh, Bryant University right now, and it's so uplifting to see that we're taking that right step into the right direction. Um, the right step, yeah, the right step in the right direction to becoming more one of the more prominent schools in the Northeast, um, a la Boston College, a la UConn, a la Maine. Um, now you can start saying Brian University's right up there as well. Yeah, and it's like there's a sense of pride there, um, being from that that first group of Division One recruits, um, and sort of being being the foundation of what Brian's Brian's becoming. It's like it's a good feeling to see see that all happening. Yeah, man, I'm I'm, I'm thoroughly thoroughly excited, and uh, I can't wait to see what what the next step is. Um, I mean, I'm waiting for a, a campus just just growth. I mean, continued growth, more students. I mean, I, I see Brian in the next probably five, six years growing from maybe four or 5,000 kids to about seven, eight. Yeah. I mean, that would be wonderful. Um, yeah. The way they're going, like it, it shouldn't be too hard. Like I was impressed when I came uh, on my visit, and it's yeah. There's just so much more stuff now. It's got to be, um, it's got to be easier to recruit from an athletic standpoint, but also um, for people that come, that are coming there academically. It's already a good school, but now there's just there's more to see, more to do. I think it's going to be easy yes. for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but so where where did football start for you? Where did it start? Yeah. Um, so I uh, I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I mean, people know know that, but I mean, because I I rep Philadelphia so hard. But um, I was born in Indianapolis. Uh, I started playing when I was six years old uh, for the Tabernacle Football League. 
um, at the church I used to go to. And then I got my dad felt like my talent could have been could be pushed a little harder. Um, a couple of my teammates at that league found a new league called the Dad's Club Football League, uh, where I went over there and I had at that point in time I was I was going to middle school and my school had a team and they kept asking why you, I was the only boy in the class that didn't play on the team. Oh wow! And everybody else did, and they sucked. <laughs> but they were not good. And my and my I'm to be frankly honest, my dad took me to. Uh, an area where there's a little less, not less fortunate, but you could tell some ballers came through here. Yeah, and it, it taught me to that I wasn't the best one, or I, that there were other people like me that were, or even faster than me, or bigger than me, or quicker than me. So it, it taught me to to grind and and, um, and to to be competitive. To be frankly honest with you, um, the, the you don't have to be the biggest dog. To win the fight, and I was one of the smaller ones there, still catching my growth spurt. Um, but I was strong, and I had a lot of heart and a lot of determination, and I had a lot of pride that you wasn't gonna play me and make me the bundle of the joke. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of that was part of my motivation. Um, but then I yeah, I mean, it made me a lot better better player. Had some really good success. My dad was coaching me, so that's always a uh, an experience in itself. Um, yeah, and that was so. Was that sorry? Was that in Tabernacle? Was that no? So uh, he started coaching me when we went over to the Dallas Club Football League. Oh right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so did you? Why do you rep Philly? You did you move there? So my mother and father are from Philadelphia, yeah, uh, as well as my whole family. Um, so with that being said, all I have known since I came out the womb is Philadelphia sports. Okay, um, so you would have been a pretty happy so, man a few months ago. Oh, I, I'm still a happy man. <laughs> I'm still a happy man. I've always been a happy man uh, with my team, ups and downs. Um, I'm very happy that we... We're in the right. We're in a good position. I mean, and I want us to take full advantage of it because teams' windows to win championships uh, they come, and when they come, you got to take advantage of them because when they close, they close for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, what What happens with your quarterback situation now? Uh, we stick to the plan. I mean, Carson Wentz is our starting quarterback. Okay. Point blank. Period. Um, we now have one of the best backups, and now we got an opportunity to really see what he could do um, in the most pressured situations. Um, if you want him, you know what you need to give up to get him. And if and we as a team, we know what we got, and we need to value him. And we need to make sure that he gets exactly what he wants, um, and he gets taken care of because he was the one that led us to our first championship. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering that. As soon as that happened, I was like, shit, like, if he can win a championship, why would he want to remain on the second string? I mean, Nick Foles, uh, fortunately, he understands the big picture. 
I mean, the man almost was about to give it up and hang it up, hang up the cleats, but he ended up coming back and he got his opportunity. God took care of him, um, and he got in a situation where he was able to to show what he he got, and now he understands his role and where he needs to what he needs to do with uh, Carson and just continue to make him better. And yeah, yeah, that was. Um... That was wild because they they were written off. They were written off before it even started, um, with with Carson out and with you know playing against Brady. You know what that's like. But um, that was exciting. I'm not. I'm. Uh, you know, I don't. I didn't have a dog in that fight, so I was. I just didn't really mind who who won that one because um, I'm a Green Bay and Oakland fan because my uncle played for for both of those teams. He won a, a ring with Oakland. Who's your uncle? Uh, his name's Herbert McMath. Oh wow! Yeah. That's awesome. Um. So yeah, I was uh, I was just ready to watch the game, and when I when I saw that shit, I was just like, wow! And then the the riots and all that in Philly, like the celebration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Philadelphia definitely knows how to um, party. Uh, we've been waiting for something like that for a while. Um, so I wasn't surprised on how hard we went. Yeah. I'm more, I was more impressed of how, how much support and how much, how many people came out to the parade and how each, and not even that to take it a step further on every team, all the teams, uh, that supported, um, to the Sixers. The Phillies, the Flyers, all of those teams supported the Eagles. And now the Eagles are, are doing what they need to do. I mean, the Sixers just had their first playoff game um, in a while uh, with a game one win by 30 over Miami. And there were a lot of Eagles players there to support. And that's just what Philadelphia is about. It's always a city, a city of brother, brotherly love. And that's, all, that's always what we've been about is helping the fellow next to you Love your man next to you, um, F the one in front of you, and they're sticking together. Blue collar city. I mean, a, a damn fictional character, boxing character, is what we're known for. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, everybody know who Rocky is. He got a damn statue, and he's not even a real person. Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit! But that's what I. That's also what I liked about Bryant was everybody went to everybody's games, no matter who was, um, yeah, who was playing, uh, what sport. We always at everybody's games supporting, and um, yeah, I like I liked that vibe. That was that's how I ended up getting um, signed signed over to Bryant because um, I just liked I liked that community feeling. How did you How did you end up at Bryant? Uh, so I ended up at Bryant. Um, I quick story. I was a seventh, seventh grader, um, and there's a camp called Offense Defense Camp. Um, it's a full contact camp, three days, four night, four days, three nights, um, and it was held at Bryant. Uh, my best friend from home, his dad was a trainer. Um, he ended up was working the actual camp, and my best friend and I went. And a couple guys from a couple of the towns who one of them is actually one of my best friends as well. Um, we played on a, a different team. Um, we all went 
And we always said that Bryant, I mean, it was at Bryant. We stayed in the dorms. I stayed in Hall 15, um, not knowing that that would be my dorm my freshman year. Yeah. Um, and uh, we always said, like, if we don't get recruited by the Georgias, the USC's, the Texas, um, the Alabamas, the Clemson's, that we would, we would consider coming here. And I made a really, really good relationship with Coach Fine. Um, and then he, he kept track of my career throughout uh, my high school career. And what really sold me on it, I got hurt my junior year of high school, which is your most important year. Um, I was having a really good season. I had a lot of letters coming in, um, a lot of recruiting activity started to really draw up. And coming from my high school, that was a lot. We didn't have a lot of high-profile recruits come through. So I was actually one of the first – so it was a it was an experience for everybody, but for me to get hurt, it, it kind of sucked because you got to see the ups and the downs. Um, but I worked my behind off to get back, and uh, Coach Fine actually offered me a scholarship while I was still hurt, and he put my he put his trust in me, and he told me that you're going to be all right, you'll come back, you have a great career, and outside of Outside of what my mm-hmm. mom and dad and all the support that my friends and, and family gave me, um, he, by him saying that, definitely gave me motivation to come back even harder. And the fact that for somebody that was going with, would offer me a scholarship to come play for him and do that for me when I'm not really on his team, Lord knows what he would do for me when I'm actually a part of his program. So that that that's what sold me. Yeah, that's um, that yeah, that that kind of uh, act from from a coach. That's that's the type of person you want to play for. Someone that believes in your your abilities and um, whatever you can do. And I'm sure he believes that you can you can achieve uh, what you what you are setting your mind to at the moment as well. Absolutely, bro. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. Thanks so much for uh, for taking the time out to um, to be on the podcast and. Um, yeah, I wish nothing but love and success to you and I hope you achieve everything that you, that you're striving for as well. Thanks, Clay. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Is there any way I can get like a copy of this or where I can listen to it? Is this live? Um, no, it's not live. It's being recorded, but, um, I've got a few interviews in the log, so this will probably be released in about two or three weeks, but I'll definitely let you know when it's, when it's ready to drop and, um, I'll, I'll hit you with the link and, um, when I turn off the mic, I'll get your address and I'll send you out a t-shirt as well. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. No problem. But um, yeah, thanks a lot, man. And um, yeah, I'll I'll be in I'll be in touch. All right, brother. Thank All right, you, bro. man. Congratulations. Thanks, I appreciate it. You too. All right, thank you, man. Bye. Dope, man. I get so fucking excited uh, when I talk to people that I have a personal relationship with that just has that fire in a man that, that I, I'm, I want to get here and I'm going to get there uh, at all costs, man. And he's that type of dude. And um, his coach, at Bryant, believed in him. He believed in himself. His family believed in him. I believe in him. I think he's going to fucking make it, man. And I can't wait until he does. That's dope. Um, and when he does, we're going to have to get him back on the show. Man, that was awesome. 
he's uh man so humble as well man you can some of these people have extreme talent and they let it get to their heads and they they forget who they are but um man jb knows who jb is and he does what jb does and man i guess that's why so he's love man and that's um that's uh yeah so dope so fucking dope man i loved that shit shit yup yeah we're gonna have to get him back um money making mitch is calling waving to me from the fucking behind the glass there he's got this thing up on the screen okay he's breaking news this is breaking news at the time of recording so um a couple talk about man that's that's good timing money making mitch that is good timing i'm talking about jb doing what he wants to do when he wants to do it listen to this listen to this story a couple got attacked by a crocodile in zimbabwe and and still got married days later while they were in hospital the bride was recovering from losing an arm what in here's a quote in one week we went from shock and agony to a truly amazing experience listen to that positivity this episode here it, apart from all the hipster fucks has been so positive so uplifting so beautiful uh i feel invigorated i feel ready to fucking go man i don't know uh, money maker mitch shut the fuck up i think we're gonna leave it there today man because this this man i'm on a high right now and i hope all of you listening are on a high from all of this this is the dope shit this is what we do here at the welcome to the party podcast man um shit make sure you're ready uh come this weekend we have got um international heme returning from his uh elongated no no bruno um pause uh from his extended from his extended absence uh so be ready for the return and uh Hey man, finish that week off. Happy hump day. Bang bang. Baby, welcome to.